let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for another day, Lord, full of mercies and grace, Lord, because they're new each morning, Lord. You give them to us new every single day and every single morning, Lord. This evening, Father, I we come before you asking you for spiritual discernment, Lord, to open our spiritual eyes to discern what you want us to learn from your word today, Lord. Bless your servant and bless the ears of all of us, Lord. Give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, church, we are in the season of Advent. Advent is in full swing. And if you don't know what Advent is, Advent is just a, it's a word uh, comes from Latin, which means the rise of or the coming of. So, for example, the rise of the automobile in the 1900s, the advent of the automobile. But when we apply this word to theological terms, it, it signifies the coming of Christ. So, uh, we're, it's basically a fancy theological word for Christmas for the Christmas season. So Christmas season is in full swing. Advent season is in full swing. You can use them interchangeably. And um, it's it's uh, our second uh, Christmas season or Advent season during this time of the pandemic. And so um, it, it's it's definitely a dark time. Um, life is difficult enough uh, with the challenges that daily life offers us. And then to have a pandemic thrown on top of it makes life even more difficult. Uh, many, uh, many people have suffered through or who were suffering pre-pandemic uh, to depression or uh, anxiety or whatever emotional issues. They were only magnified because of the pandemic. Those who were depressed, I think, got a little more depressed with all this social distancing. Those of us who were anxious, I think, we became a little more anxious with this pandemic, not knowing what was going to happen. And uh, so there's the emotional side. There's also the economic side. Uh, many of us lost our jobs or had to take... Uh, pay cut or uh, hours cut, um, struggled to make ends meet. So the pandemic brought upon a, a flurry of troubles. And now in the second uh, season of Christmas during this pandemic, um, we have inflation, which is... Uh, which is not not fun, right? Um, I I was telling all my family and all my my close friends, if you guys are gonna get me anything for Christmas, don't get me anything extravagant. Just get me a just get me a gift card to to a gas station, to Arco or a Shell or something like that. Amen. Um, so uh, so inflation definitely isn't fun. It's making the the cost of food and and all goods going up, and it's it's not an easy time. And I mention all of this because it's not an easy time. It's it's a pretty dark time. 
But something that the Lord showed me as I was reading the passage that we're about to read of Luke chapter 1, verse 26, if you want to start looking for it. Something that the Lord showed me was Advent began in the dark. Christmas began in the dark. Hope began in the dark. Light came to the darkness. And so let's go ahead and let's read Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to uh, 38. We'll take it a couple of verses at a time. <clears throat> and the word of the Lord says like this, excuse me. <clears throat> the word of the Lord says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. So we um, we'll stop there for now. Uh, okay, so let's let's go back to the beginning of the story. So we see verse twenty six that an angel of the Lord Gabriel uh, was his name was sent to uh, to Mary to this virgin and. Uh, and Mary lived in the city of Nazareth. Now, there's a couple of key takeaways here, okay? Um, if you study the Gospel of Luke, you will notice that in Luke, every time Luke, the author, introduces a new character, Luke will usually refer or he will mention an attribute of this person's character, personality that... Um, that represents their their holiness or, or their power or their status, right? So um, Pontius Pilate, he was governor. Um, or Simon Peter, um, or even in the same chapter, um, Zechariah was a priest. So priest is alluding to Zechariah's holiness, right? His, his piety. And so when Luke introduces Mary, he introduces her as a virgin, and a virgin who wasn't even married yet. So if uh, in the old, uh, in Jesus' time, women barely had any status. And so if you were a woman and you weren't married yet, because Mary wasn't married yet in the story, um, she was barely engaged and she was a virgin. And so Mary was just this typical woman not married yet, without status yet. And to top it off, she lived in, in kind of a, a town in the middle of nowhere. So Nazareth was, was a couple of miles away from 
the Sea of Galilee, 15 miles to be exact, and six miles from the nearest road. So food supplies, um, all, all these uh, supplies were a little difficult to come by. The only source of water was a well in the center of town. And so you have Mary in this, uh, in this town um, who's barely about to get married, doesn't really have a status yet. She's, she's young. And out of nowhere, the angel Gabriel appears to her, to her and says, uh, and look what he says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine what was going through Mary's mind at the time? She must have been like, I'm a person here in, you know, the middle of nowhere. I'm not married yet. I'm still a virgin. How is this going to How, you know, what does the Lord see in me? Wow. Like, wow. And uh, let's read verse 29. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So not only was Mary highly favored, but here was Gabriel telling her that not only are you highly favored, but because you are highly favored, God is going to use you to bring about salvation to this earth. You're going to be the instrument through which God sends his son Jesus so that the earth might be saved and that there might be hope for this dark world. So this is, this is incredible that God uses people such as Mary to bring about uh, the work of his kingdom. Um, David is mentioned twice here thus far, and if we compare Mary and David, there, there are a couple of similarities and contrasts there. Mary, as I mentioned, was uh, a virgin in this uh, small, insignificant town. And David, when he was called uh, by the Lord, he was a small shepherd boy. Uh, and all his brothers and his family, they thought that he would never amount to much. So here is God using the, the simplest of people, the humblest of people to bring about the work of his kingdom. And scripture is full of stories such as this, like we have Moses, we have Gideon, uh, we have, you know, Peter, a simple fisherman. We have stories of these simple people who God uses tremendously to impact the world. So if that doesn't give you hope. That gives me tremendous hope. Amen. And and look at Mary's response in verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? So this is a If you read this chapter, chapter 1 of Luke, we see that in the verses prior to this story, there was a similar story that happened with uh, the priest Zechariah. So Angel also appears to Zechariah and also tells him that he and his wife Elizabeth are going to have a baby. And when Zechariah hears this, he doubts uh, the angel Gabriel and he doubts God and says, how can this be? Um, 
Verse 18 says, uh, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. So Zechariah was uh, not only doubting, but also putting excuses. How is God going to work when all of this is going on? We're past childbearing. Uh, how, how is God going to work? And so because of his incredulity, we see in verse 20 that Gabriel strikes um he strikes Zechariah with uh, the inability to speak. So he renders him mute, and Zechariah is not able to speak a word out of his mouth until um, his baby is born. And that baby, we would, we will come to know him as John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, and um, and he'll prepare the way for Jesus. But look, but look at both of these stories. Zechariah responded with doubt and with excuses, but Mary responded with wonder-filled faith. She might have been a little afraid, I think. I think that's totally acceptable because Zechariah was afraid. And the other part in Scripture where Gabriel appears, um, which is in Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel was also terrified. And so Mary was must have been, wow, the celestial being is visiting me. Um... Wow, but um, but her response, instead of being doubt, instead of being uh, incredulity, it's wonder-filled faith. And let's read verse 35 and 36. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So, let's take a look at this real quick. Okay. Um, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, there's two key takeaways from here. Okay. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is so important because... Jesus is born of the Holy Spirit and not of man, okay? So as believers, it's a, this is a cornerstone of our faith, that Jesus was born of God, was born of the Holy Spirit, because if he were born of man, then he would have been born with the seed of sin. He would have, had, he would have been tainted by sin, and therefore Jesus would not have been able to have been the perfect sacrifice in order to save us from our sins, from our shame, from our depression, from our anxieties, from whatever trouble might have might be plaguing us. But because he was born of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to be that perfect man, that perfect example. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. So Jesus humbled himself and came down to earth and was able to be and live that perfect life for us so that one day he might be able to be crucified and resurrect and in doing so be the perfect sacrifice to save you and I. So this is an important pillar stone, uh, cornerstone of our faith as believers in Christ, as Christians. We are to believe in um, Jesus being born of the Holy Spirit of a virgin. Amen. And 
the same verse right here, verse 35. Um, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. The same word, overshadow, and will come upon you. This is the same word that is used in the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the Greek uh, um, version of the Old Testament. It's the same word that's used for the Shekinah glory that fell down on, on Mount Sinai. And so uh, it's also the same glory that falls on Jesus during uh, the transfiguration on, on the Mount. And so here is the Holy Spirit filling Mary and anointing her to be the vessel through which he was going to bring salvation into the world. And so this is this is amazing. It's let's excuse me, let's dwell on Mary's faith for a moment, okay? She was in rather as I said, rather than respond with incredulity or rather than respond with faithlessness she put her trust in god it was a dark time for her as i mentioned she was barely barely about to get married barely about to become a somebody and the world around her was more or less as chaotic as probably we are facing today um israel had been conquered by a foreign power and so there was a lot of strife. Um, there was heavy taxation on the Jewish people. So there were all these um, troubles that were afflicting uh, people at the time of Jesus. And Mary was, I'm sure Mary was no exception to this. And so in the midst of this dark time, in the midst of all the turbulence that was going on, God appears and he says, I will use you to bring about salvation to the to the world. And so that church is the hope that we have in Jesus. Amen. The hope that Christ came to save you and to save me from our sins, from our foolishness, from our passions, our desires, our lusts, the things that that aren't good for us. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Let me ask you this, church. Are you letting the word become active in your life as Mary was? Are we letting the spirit move inside of us? Or are we acting with doubt as uh, as Zechariah did, or are we acting in faith as Mary did? See, the Bible tells us to to walk uh, in faith and to step boldly and in confidence before the throne of God. So, 
church, my encouragement, and the thing I want to leave with you today is no matter what is going, no matter what you are going through, no matter the situations that may be around us, no matter the emotional situations, the political situation, the financial situation, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will make you rest. I will give you rest. Amen. And this is what we celebrate in this time. We celebrate that Jesus came to give us rest because his burden is lighter. It's, it's, it, scripture doesn't say there won't be a burden. There'll still be a burden. There will always be a burden as long as we're in this world. But with Jesus, that burden is much, much lighter. And how many of you can testify to that? I know I sure can. And so I am ever so grateful to God. And this is what Jesus came to do. Amen. He is the light of world of the world. He is wonderful. He is our counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting Father. And He is the Prince of Peace, as, as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 9. He is the Prince of Peace, and He can give you a peace that only God can give. The devil can't give you peace. The world can't give you peace. They'll, they'll try to give you happiness, but happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness comes and goes with material, uh, with material things. But joy and peace, true peace and true joy, that can only come from Jesus. He's the only one who, through his spirit, can inundate us with true joy. Because we know our hope. We know who we believe in. We know who we trust in. Amen. So that is what I want to leave with you today, church. I hope you you were blessed. Um, remember, no matter how difficult time the times may be today, Advent began in the dark. So if you're in a dark place, that's okay. Jesus is right there. Jesus is right there with you. Advent began in the dark and Jesus, Jesus was there. Jesus was in the dark. Jesus began in the dark. Jesus was born in the dark, in a dark time. And he is born and can be born in your dark time too. Amen. So let's go ahead and let's close uh, in the word of prayer. Right there where you are. Won't you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending our Savior. Thank you for sending the Prince of Peace to come and counsel and guide us during the most difficult times of our lives, Lord. I pray, Father, for anyone who may be watching or listening, that you touch them, Holy Spirit, that you may fill them and anoint them and bring them peace and bring them joy, Lord. And may you, you who know their circumstance, may you help them, Lord. Take them by the hand, Lord, and help them traverse whatever valley or whatever mountain they may be going through, Father. 
We give you all praise, all, wor all, <clears throat> all our worship. And we ask this confidently, knowing that you are faithful to your promises always. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, church, that is all I have uh, for you. A couple of announcements before we sign off. Uh, this Sunday, we have a special treat for you. So come on down. Um, come on down this, uh, this Sunday. It's going to be a great time during our Sunday services as we, we, uh, as we lead up to Christmas. Um, let me see. I am blanking out for whatever reason. Um, our Christmas play will take place on December 22nd. So make sure you come, you bring the family out. It's going to be a great time having the kiddos perform. Uh, right there on stage so that's always a fun and exciting family time um if you are a parent and you wish your child to participate uh practices are going on at i do not quite remember the time but you can go on the website and go to bulletins and the time will be right there on the bulletins um uh on wednesdays uh we also have there's also practice on sundays uh, at the beginning of service so instead of bringing your kids over to the sanctuary and then taking them to kids ministries after worship you can take them just straight to kids uh ministries and leave them off there and they'll be practicing uh for the first half of of their session for that christmas play so uh take your kids uh, if you wish them to participate again it's gonna it's always a fun time having seeing the kids sing and dance and play and um, Noche Buena service, um, again, all this will be on your bulletin. Uh, so go ahead and uh, check the website. So come on out if, uh, if you don't got any plans with the family. It's going to be a good time. That's pretty much it, church. So God bless you all. And uh, see, see you on Sunday. Blessings.